0: Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the Kid, Famous. You and now tuned into the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's get this started. Uncle Tim, let start this show. We five, four, three, two, one. Let's go.
1: Jesse Rubinoff and me, Timothy, here with you live from the Sportsnet studios in downtown Toronto. Two story, and I love pulling the curtain back on the magic of television yep. that is yep. Tim and Friends because I feel like. All y'all are family, all right? And every morning, I send a note to the crew with some ideas for the show. And Jesse, I said today, okay, we, we might have wandered into the dog days of summer now. Like, you, you know the deadline over, hockey and basketball, somewhat quiet. And then, Jesse, our guest booking crew and our producers just started laying it down. Like, coming off the top rope. Did you notice the same thing? Yes. <laughs> the elbow Coming no off Rich the t- Jimmy Superfly yeah. Snooker yeah. off the top rope. Apparently, one of the they Logan and or whatever the guy's Paul's name. It was Logan. It was, it was Logan, Logan. Yeah, Paul. Was Logan. He came off the top That's rope. Confirmed. A little Mick Foley off the top of the cage. Yeah. yeah. Kyler Yamamoto, fresh off his two-year deal, is going to join the show. But just to show equal representation to our homeboys and girls in northern and southern Alberta... 35 goal scorer Andrew Mangiapani will join us as well. The timing on both those,
2: very nice, no? Oh yeah, I, I hit my funny bone with my ring, so I'm dealing with some stuff over right. here. Did, it, I, it did hurt? I did this? Just a weird sensation. It's not bleeding. No, it's not bleeding. Someone a a director old. Matt Taylor asked me if I was bleeding. It's, it's not bleeding no it's not and bleeding you, you ate, have pads over and, there I'm wearing you, a t-shirt over have, here so I go yeah I have you pads. have padding you're wearing a jacket so <laughs> I hit it here with like this and it's just you know it's the weird spot sometimes you do that you know
1: oh my god they could porridge over there yeah just I'll be soft, okay. don't worry about mushy what's going
2: on I mean,
0: there's
1: no it, you it, hurt everybody yourself. knows that
2: you hurt yourself giving your I'm embracing it but that's it. I'm soft over here. This is a soft corner. Oh, my So, goodness. you know, just got to be more careful next time. you want time. me to come over and give you a hug? No, I think I'm okay. You sure? Yeah, I'm fine. I, I'm fine. I can show that kind of love. No, no. But uh, I feel like you're going to be hot in that jacket today. Says the guy wearing
1: the T-shirt. Yeah, I like the T-shirt look. That I is do, yeah. that
2: is the strategy. Because it's been hot the last time. Have, have we had
1: the conversation on air why over here you get dressed up and then over there? I
2: don't think... I think you said good. you wanted to bring it up at one point, so why don't we just go for it. It's so, dog days of summer. Talk about whatever you want to talk no, about. No, we got a big show here. What no, do <laughs> Thomas Tommy producer is like, nah, just shut
1: up yeah. and move right. on. So st- stop answering the yeah. people that nobody can hear, okay? okay? fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk to the Oilers <laughs> and the Flames. Uh, talk Oilers and Flames with a couple of cogs, uh, key cogs <laughs> in that uh, <laughs> equation. Andrew Majapani, Kyler Yamamoto. We went a long way to give you that. And one of my mentors in, in the game of broadcasting was Bob McCowan, even though he didn't really know or care that he was a mentor for that matter. But McCauwan never liked talking to athletes because they weren't interesting to him. He would have talked to TFC's Michael Bradley, who will also join us on today's show. He's not a typical athlete. He's thoughtful, he's in- insightful. And frankly, I just like talking football with them. So we'll do that in about 20 minutes time. Ailish Forfar is dropping by in the final 40 minutes to help get my sorry ass over the finish line (laughs) on this show. Sprinkle in a little Caleb Joseph on the Jays to get you set for Blue Jays Central at 7 p.m. Eastern. And we've got some news. I was jotting things down right before the show started. And you could probably tell that I was kind of sort of distracted before the show started because I've been terrible to start this show. And I'm not going to lie. This Guest list is going to save me. This guest list has me feeling pretty confident. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel about as confident as this dude and his dog listening to Tupac. It's no,
0: Tupac is not dead. So Tupac is not come dead. <laughs> <other two laughs> we it's band. not dead. Hey! Because you chilling. He's chilling. Chillin. Yeah? yeah.
1: So it's not just me. The dog is rocking to the beat. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. That's not a dog. That's a D-O-double-G right nice. there. Nice. Yeah. Life goals right there. Okay. Though I'm not big on the smoke. I, I try not to <laughs> judge.
2: Yeah. That's right. I, I feel like uh, Snoop. Does Snoop do that with you? I mean... My Snoop dog? Y- yeah. You named um, him Snoop, so I, I would assume that... No. He's, you have, No? No. You should try and reenact he's just, that. He's just a golden doodle. All right,
1: cool. All right. Uh, Jesse, all we got to do now is live up to that confidence, starting with first things first. So let's get to the talk, Dieter Brock.
2: all right enough about elbows dogs let's move on to the Toronto Blue Jays who open a four-game series with the AL Central leading twins tonight Alec Manoa takes on Sonny Gray in the opener you can see on Sportsnet starting with Blue Jays Central immediately following us at seven eastern time the Jays trade deadline acquisitions Whit Merrifield Anthony Bass Zach Pop. And Mitchell White joined the team in Minnesota earlier today. Timmy, what kind of impact are you expecting the new guys to make here?
1: Okay, so here's what I jotted down to start the show. Uh, I, 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 I think they're going to make it an immediate impact, Jesse. Yeah. Because we found out that Merrifield, Bass, and Pop were all activated for tonight. Mitchell White, we assume, will be activated for a start, we're guessing, on Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Uh Gage, Peacock, Collins have all been optioned to make room for those guys. Now, we also got a lineup, and there are significant changes in that lineup, including Whit Merrifield batting eighth and playing center field in his first game as a Toronto Blue Jay. Also, George Springer back in the lineup. It seems like good news, but he'll DH and not play center for those wanting to fret. Also of note, look who's in that cleanup spot. Yep. Hey, Oscar Hernandez moves there. Beau Bichette moves down to fifth. It is just the second time in his career that he is hitting lower than fourth. So there's a lot to peruse, to discuss, and not the least of which, Whit Merrifield will wear number one for the Toronto Blue Jays, obviously stealing the number of Shin Yamaguchi. <laughs> That's, see, you do your homework. You have it all, uh, is that up the dome piece? It is, uh, no, I looked that up. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 fair yeah, enough, fair uh, enough. As soon as I heard he was wearing number one, I thought of Tony Fernandez, and I'm like, who's worn it since Tony Fernandez? Mm-hmm. And should this kind of be given out with some sort of discretion? And then I realized shouldn't Yamaguchi wore it, and if I right. didn't scream and yell for Shin Yamaguchi, then I shouldn't scream and yell for, for Whit Merrifield. Right, uh, so Whit Merrifield in the lineup tonight. Um,
2: do you think he gives them a different dimension than what the rest of the lineup gives them in terms of, of contact? No, a lot of people have looked at his regular season statistics this year. Uh, very underwhelming for someone who's been an All Star twice before, but. A Royals All Star. A Royals All Star, right? It's different. Import- than an important All-Star. to point out. Yeah. Uh, but in July, he's been very, very good, and his numbers seem to be coming around, and he's a contact guy. And I think that uh, one of the times. Or the times when the Jays struggle, it's, it often seems like they're—they look like they're swinging for the fences. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm not sure that he listen. If it's 2019 and those numbers pop up again, hell, if it's 2020 and those numbers pop up again, I think everyone would take it. And that's the that's the high end with Merrifield that can make a difference in this lineup. But I think what he was acquired to do was provide a little bit of versatility yeah. and some pop in the bat every once in a while and some backup, which he's doing for George Springer in center field tonight but he plays for those who don't know a little bit of right field a little bit of center field he'll also play second base if you need it he's got that versatility that is covered uh coveted by the Jays but like high end yes but I don't know that you can expect high end from Whit Merrifield given what he's done yes the July looks good Looks like he's rounding into some sort of solid form or at least some form of the past. But I don't know if you can take the bigger sample size and say that's what you're gonna mm-hmm. get. And I think the Jays know that, and that's why he's batting eighth in this lineup. The other part of that though that is interesting to me is the beau bichette out of the cleanup mm-hmm. spot. And listen, I know there are a lot of people talking about this lineup a lot, and I just dropped my pen. I was gonna try and catch it, and I said, screw it, I'm on National TV. So the part that Bo Bichette moving from four to five interests me way more than anything else. I watch Aaron I watch Aaron Judge slide up and down the lineup. I watch Aaron Boone do that to the mm. lineup in New York and wonder, why can't the Jays do that? Like what? Why? Bo Bichette, I don't know if you've seen this, Chris Black, producer of Sportsnet, tweeted this out yesterday. Bo Bichette, 20 games in the cleanup spot, slashing 215, 256, 304 with a 560 OPS, no home runs. Not, it's not good. No. 23 Ks, five walks. It's not good. And I felt like they kind of stuck with that a little longer than they should, given, I mean, I guess they're winning games, so it's hard to nitpick the lineup. But I, I just don't understand why it seems like such a big move in Jays land to shuffle the line, like putting Vladdy to second, I I guess the players don't like being moved around, but if you're a good manager with good communication skills, shouldn't that be relatively easy?
2: No question. I think the interesting thing you know with Bo is that maybe as you're winning, you're trying to, to get him back to his like baseline of what you expect from him. And if that's the case, he should perform out of the cleanup spot, right? So you want to give him that opportunity because his talent level would suggest that that is someone that should be in the cleanup position. But the way he's performing this season is is not
1: what we are used to. Yeah, but why? my point is, like, okay, so let's let's role play. You and me. Yeah, you want to yeah. role play? Yeah, sure. Okay, I'll be John oh, okay. Schneider. Yeah, all right. You're good with this? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll be okay. John Schneider. Okay. You, you be Bo Bichette. Sure, go for it. Hey, Bo, just want to switch things up, maybe get going here. Can you slide down to five?
2: I'd like to stay in the cleanup spot, uh coach okay that's a selfish little, a little bit longer that's uh, selfish. i feel like i can work my way out of the out slump of can we just slide and you I'm down going.
1: we'll get you we'll get you out of the slump and then as soon as you're back in that slot back in that you're back in that slot uh,
2: uh yeah i mean I, i'm a team player so I, I guess i'll do it but i just want to let you know that I, I think i can perform better uh in that spot moving and
1: through. scene okay fine perfect yeah. all right perfect we solved it right i mean he, what's he going to say no <laughs> like what's, but what? i just I, I don't understand why and i i get it listen I watch my son play baseball, and when they shuffle the lineup, you Good can scene. see a few of the kids looking yeah. at that lineup for their name. Like, I, I get it. I understand it. But at that level, you should have a communicator at manager who can just say, hey, just a couple games here. Let's shuffle you down and see if we can't get you going. And Schneider's been with him and Vladdy for before, right? right? Before right. this. But I feel like they were trying to make a statement, and as long as they're winning games, who gives a bleep?
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were talking about Whit Merrifield a little bit earlier. Um, Ross Atkins was on this show yesterday and you asked him the question about the vaccination and I know you brought this up during the morning meeting, you feel like people are still harping on the vaccination thing despite what Ross said yesterday, which would imply that
1: he's going to get vaxxed. I I get that Ross has some lawyer speak in him. A a little bit. Just just, just a wee bit, in fact I brought it up to him once on the show, it didn't take too kindly, to him. but <laughs> he knows. He should know at least. I'm gonna play the clip one more time. Go for it. We okay. Play the clip here. Let's listen to it. I know you didn't want to comment on his vaccination last night, but do you know when he'll be available to play home games for you?
3: Yeah, I and mean, listen. This is a uh, this is we acquired Wit to play for the Toronto Blue Jays, and he's excited to do that. And there is a clock that will start and we'll, you know, that timing will, I'll, I will let him address the, the timing of that and what that means. I think you could map out a calendar and, and most people could determine what that potential, what those potential scenarios could be for him.
1: So you're not worried about him not playing home games at this juncture in time?
3: He is exceptionally excited to be a part of this and he knows what it means to play in Toronto.
1: Credit to you for the follow-up. He, okay, map out a calendar. You know, Whit Merrifield is speaking right now in Minnesota, as we speak. We're going to try and turn those clips over for you. The, the odds of him saying he's been vaccinated or will be vaccinated in the very near future are like 98 to 99 percent. Yeah. Like judging by what Ross Atkins said there, like I can't believe how many people came back and said, "Oh, it doesn't sound like Whit Merrifield's vaccinated." No like from what he said to me yesterday including the follow-up it seemed pretty obvious that's why at the end of it i said understood like you're not going to speak for a guy on what is obviously a sensitive topic for him and his family and you will let him do the speaking for him but we acquired him knowing that he's going to have to play baseball in toronto but what if the one percent comes true you said 99. (laughs)
2: He said 90. What was the number? 99.
1: I, I, you know what? It's you know funny. I was going to say like 100%. And then they told me he's speaking right now. And I thought, this will be hot. This will be, <laughs> so be cold takes immediately Oh my god! if he goes the other way. All right. Guess what? We have I'm the so clip. I'm so nervous. Am I, am I'm nervous I cold for you. takes ex- exposed? Are you sweating? Or did we just read between the lines properly? Oh my goodness. I'm not sweating. They're excited to see you playing at Rogers
4: Center. So where do things
0: stand as you know whether you'll be
5: able to cross the board? Like I said, I for a couple weeks now I've understood that this might be a possibility and uh, I'll be I'll be in Toronto when the team goes there. Have you had the last team?
0: Yeah.
1: Yep. There it is. All beat 99 even, came true. Not even missing not even so if you count 14 days from a single shot johnson and johnson he would have missed a couple of games yeah so he had already been vaccinated when the jays acquired him and us reading between the lines was correct we can all breathe but we knew that i can't believe so much wasted how many people even after that clip last night said i can't believe they acquired him without knowing that he was vaccinated i can't believe come on man it's a lot of wasted tweets and a lot of wasted oxygen. Although one percent of me was scared to say it. Yeah, no. Because well, <laughs> I thought cold takes exposed was coming. It for came me true immediately. So that was just mere moments <laughs> ago, uh, live TV, and now we've wasted a lot of oxygen on the J. So can that's we move okay. On to some other stuff.
2: I'm glad you were right. I was, I was nervous for you a little bit there. Thank you. I mean, it would have been a great
1: clip, though. I, I it appreci- would have been. It would have been a great clip. I appreciate the empathy. Yeah, yeah. no problem.
2: <laughs> uh, the NFL preseason kicks off tonight with the Jags and Raiders in the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. Jags quarterback Trevor Lawrence will not play, and Derek Carr is not expected to see any action for the Raiders either. Are you just excited to see NFL football
1: again? I'm glad you said NFL football again because too many people make the mistakes of saying football man. again and I've been watching plenty of football and I will be watching two games tonight to see if the Blue Bombers can move to 9-0. and uh, I, I am excited to see and I think both these teams are uh, really intriguing for two different reasons. Now, I don't know how much we'll see of the guys that we want to see tonight. Uh, I'm guessing not a hell of a lot uh, but... I think Jacksonville is a real intriguing team in the uh, after Meyer era. Yeah. And what Trevor Lawrence can be, and Trav- they got two good running backs who, if they're healthy, can help him out. Like they've they've spent a lot of money. I don't know if they spent it wisely, but they spent a lot of money trying to get him help. And I wonder just getting out from under Meyer. Listen, Devonte Adams, all that stuff in Las Vegas is really interesting. Chandler Jones too, yeah. But I. Yeah. I like the Jags and what they've done and I want to see some incremental because I think Trevor Lawrence could be a real star in the National Football League and he didn't get a chance to show that in any way shape or form in his rookie year. The
2: funniest thing is that the, the players have been saying that it's a professional environment at training camp under Doug Peterson which just implies it was anything but professional (laughs) under Urban
1: Meyer. Very very good point. Which is great. You're 1 a.m. You're 1 a.m. After Meyer.
2: Yes. Uh, All right. Let's uh, continue with the football conversation because uh, the NFL is back in some respect. But CFL has been going on this whole time. The undefeated Winnipeg Blue Bombers take on the Alouettes tonight in Montreal. The Bombers are just the fifth team in CFL history to begin eh? a season. Eight and no. First time since 1960, I believe. Fifth. It's crazy. Uh, at what point do you start thinking about a perfect season? Because they're close. No, not close, but
1: they've gone a significant chunk yeah, of the they're, season. Yeah, they're one of five yeah. teams to get to 8 0. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that is elite, elite. I think, listen, it's a long season. It's an 18 game season for those who don't know, and it's tough to get to that point. Uh, best records, CFL history. There you see it. And nobody since the 18 game schedule has ever gone 18 0. It would be remarkably hard. That said, the Bombers are as good as any team that I have seen in the Canadian Football League and right now, even though you, you've heard me profess my, my football crush on Nathan Rourke mm-hmm. and what the BC Lions are doing, I think the Calgary Stampeders had a couple shots to beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers last week. Yep. But it's still the Blue Bombers and everybody else and I think there's a, it's a significant margin between everybody. The Bombers haven't even had their bye yet, they get the owls back to back
2: here. That's the follow-up. Is fatigue? going to be the factor if they end up losing. Yeah,
1: and a season as long as the CFL without a doubt. And 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 loss of the good thing for if you're cheering for this, the undefeated season, the good thing is the rest of the West is pretty damn good. So they may need these wins moving right. forward, but I got a feeling that the East will win a couple of games against the West and there might be some and then you just rest guys, right? Yeah. And when you rest guys, you start losing games. But I would bet against it right now because the odds tell you that it's never been done before. Justin Dunk tomorrow for the latest edition of
2: one of the, my favorite names for any segment on the show, Dink and Dunk. A Russian court sentenced Brittany Griner to nine years in prison today after the WNBA star was found guilty of drug possession and smuggling griner was arrested in february for bringing cannabis oil into the country she pled guilty to the charges but said it was an honest mistake
0: my parents taught me two important things one take ownership for your responsibilities and two to work hard for everything that you have that's why i pled guilty to my charges i understand everything that's being said against me, the charges that are against me. And that is why I pled guilty. But I had no intent to break any Russian law. I want to apologize to my teammates, my club, the fans in the city of DCAT for my mistake that I made and the embarrassment that I brought onto them. I made an honest mistake and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. I know everybody keeps talking about political pawn and politics, but I hope that that is far from this courtroom.
2: Now, obviously a complicated story, but what was your reaction to today's news, Timmy?
1: Yeah, she's trying to say all the right things, um, but she is a political pawn. She's almost a political prisoner at this point. Like, this was a formality. And, And like much of this story, a headline. Don't get me wrong, it's ridiculous, it's unjustified, and there's a real human at the heart of the story. And I feel like in cases like this, that's too easily forgotten in all the sensationalism around it. But there are many layers to this onion. Yes, that human is being used as a political pawn. Yes, That human being has to play in two leagues to make a living because she's a woman. And yes, that human being has a wife and a family and friends back home who can't understand how the hell it came to this. But those closest to Griner know that this is also probably a step close to bringing her home. The Russian government has suggested all along No diplomacy, no prisoner exchange would happen until Griner was sentenced. So this nine-year sentence is a formality to make it look like Griner committed a serious offense, or at least one serious enough to exchange her for, I don't know, a convicted arms dealer, which is what they're talking about. Like, politics always muddies waters. Look at our response to COVID. Look at our response to healthcare. Unbelievably. The irony is, in 2020, there were 40,000 Americans incarcerated for marijuana offenses in the United States of America. The number of folks who struggle with criminal record to gain employment or credit is at least, what, 20 times, 50 times that number? I wonder how they feel as Griner has made the martyr in Russia. Like you can Google it. It's a problem. Even many states many countries like ours where cannabis is legal so a reminder to folks and kids out there not everyone thinks like you like not every country's views are the same as yours or mine hell not even every state or province sees it the same and moreover Even amidst all these calls of rights and freedoms that I see on Twitter and how they're being violated from many who haven't traveled outside of our borders, most of the rest of the world doesn't see, understand, or respect the kind of rights and freedoms that we way too often take for granted here. And Russia is a prime example. So you need to be careful of what you do and never assume. while well, I think Griner is being used as, as a political prisoner in a much more elaborate game, which is never even close to fair, if it was my child, what I would tell my kids is it was also avoidable. Very so, well said. So, like, there's, I, I understand all of the concerns from all sides, but if honestly, if it were my kids, I'd say it was also avoidable. It's uh, an incredibly nuanced conversation. Without a it, doubt. like
2: you just you just peeled back the I layers of it. the onion, because too many people look at this and take it at face value, and that is not possible to do in a situation like this. It's, it's not, guess. and
1: it's just headline after headline and Twitter, totally. for, and that bugs me about 2022. Yeah. Still to come: Alish Farfah in studio, hour number two. Caleb Joseph ahead of the Twins and the Jays. They're both former athletes, but up next, three current pro athletes in a row. Andrew Mangiapane of the Flames, Kyler Yamamoto of the Oilers, and up next is TFC's Michael Bradley Big Show. Let's go.
4: Left foot corner into the front post, Bradley flicks it on! It's Michael Bradley, the captain, with the goal! What a finish. Gets it absolutely perfect. Monaghan back across, Mangiapane scores on the backhand, what a play! What a
5: beautiful, beautiful individual effort.
1: This is Dry Yamamoto walks in. He scores! Kyler Yamamoto!
4: Michael Bradley's been the heart and soul of this team for so long.
5: Michael Bradley with a header out of nowhere.
1: Absolutely unbelievable. He makes. No mistake! Brilliant header, put corner into the front post. Bradley flicks it on. This is just an impossible header to get
5: it
3: in the back of the net. What a finish to the path that Michael Bradley. Bradley going all the way! Bradley the captain with the goal. Absolutely brilliant. He's changed the culture
2: of the club. There's no doubt about that.
1: He wears the captain's armband for Toronto FC, wore for the American national team during many of his 151 caps, and frankly, just a dude I enjoy chatting football with. It's Michael Bradley, and he joins us now. Welcome back to Tim and Friends, Michael. Thanks for having me, guys. I always enjoy it. Hey, any anytime. I was going to say, like, I'm thinking it's been a weird year for you in the club, but I guess it's been a, a weird couple of years here, but I was... I was watching the Charlotte game, and I thought to myself, and I'll get to Iragatsi in a second. But I'm watching that game, and I thought there must be a little like CC Peniston here, a little, a little finally in that match. Am I somewhere close to the truth? Absolutely, <laughs>
3: absolutely, you are. Uh, yeah, it, it's been a crazy stretch. You know, there's, there's no two ways about it. I mean, obviously, you know, you, it, we all know by now, uh, you know how hard covid hit uh the canadian all all the canadian sports franchises um you know in terms of uh logistics in terms of on the field in terms of off the field in 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 every way and so obviously look we we were no different um you know relocating to hartford then relocating to orlando um you know just having to deal with all that kind of stuff and um, yeah, it coincided with with a, a stretch where now, you know, we, we the, the 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 team that we had for a bunch of years, it was we we needed to we needed to really refresh in things, and we needed to really bring in some new some new blood and the you know to to really make some changes. But obviously, it, it, it's hard to do that when the the situation around the team is yeah. is so unclear, right? I mean. If if people are going to sign for Toronto FC, they want to sign knowing that they're going to be able to actually live and play in Toronto. Yeah, with that. Um and yeah. So that look, that part made it hard. Um, this year's been great, though. I mean, obviously, look the the results in the first half of the season um, weren't 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 exactly what we wanted. That's for sure. But. Um, everybody understands that now to get this thing back going in a really good way and to, to be able to build something again that can be uh, you know different and special and something that can really hold up um, you know we we needed to make some real changes at the end of last year and so the the work that has gone on this year um, has been really good um, and and look we're we're still we're still in the midst of now bringing in bringing in new guys, bring, you know, strengthening the, the the group in all ways, and um, we're gonna we're gonna really see if we can go for it going down the stretch here.
1: Before we get into the football, and I and I do want to talk about the two new guys in a second, but did did, did that Saturday against Charlotte just feel like home again? It it
3: was it's it's hard to honestly even it's hard to remember a, a regular season game. Um, maybe since i've been here that had the 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 buzz and the excitement and the atmosphere in the stadium that 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 the that the that we had that night against charlotte i mean it was it was a long time coming in so many ways obviously you know people have been waiting people have been waiting so long to see to see lorenzo and then obviously the you know the 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 deal to san federico comes comes a little bit later but obviously that just added to the excitement and um, you know, just given the fact that we've played so many uh, games away from BMO in this la- in the last few years, I mean it, the the atmosphere and the, the the feeling inside the stadium, it was uh, yeah, it was it was special.
1: All right, so let's talk about the two new kids. A uh, couple of weeks, couple matches in. Um, what's been the biggest difference adding class like Insignia and Bernadeschi to the lineup?
3: You know, when, when you when you have guys who have the quality that they do and the experience that they do, they from the you know from the first second they walk into the locker room, from the first second they walk onto the field, the level of everything goes up. You know, because um, again, th- these guys are who they are for 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 good reason. You know, and and now right away even as even as they're just still getting themselves going because look in so many ways for both of them right now it's it's still like still like the middle of preseason you know just trying to to get the get themselves fit and sharp but but they together with with mimo um have have just come in and from the beginning uh shown everybody how excited they are to be here um they've shown everybody what what good people they are how committed and how professional they are and and again the quality is so easy to see so we're you know we're we're really excited that they're all here um and and obviously they're gonna they're gonna play you know huge roles for us um over the next few years, as we as we really get uh, get things going again.
1: I know you spent some time with Roma and Chievo, uh, for that matter. How much Italian do you speak? My Italian's pretty good. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I. So are you translating on the pitch for Dad? For those who don't know, his father is the manager. Like, are you the pitch translator?
3: I I help when I need to. That's <laughs> for sure.
1: Nice.
3: Um, you know, when I went to Italy, you 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 realize quickly that that. You, you have to learn their language. You know, it, it's it's uh, it's a country where you know the the to, to really be able to to get things done both on the field and off the field. You have to immerse yourself in their culture and you have to learn their language. Um, and so, I was able to pick it up pretty quickly. Um, obviously, um, Toronto is a is a city where even being here now. Eight nine years I've been able to put it to, to good use um, obviously we had uh, Sebastian Jovinko here for yeah. for a while and so yeah it's obviously when you're not um, when you're not in Italy every day yeah in some ways you lose a little bit of the, the sharpness but it's it's uh, it's sharpening up again pretty quickly
1: <laughs> so do you ever just go into a restaurant and listen I grew up in Toronto around a lot of Italians and uh, I was called the manja Cake. So do you ever walk into an Italian restaurant as the manja Cake and just show it off every once in a while?
3: Yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm, I I enjoy the fact that in, uh, in in Toronto, whether you know whether you're walking into a, to a restaurant or if you're going into a to a little uh, you know espresso bar or, yep. or whatever that you can uh, that you can still put it to good use. So I've 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 enjoyed that.
1: I know the Charlotte match was Insignia and Bernardeski's debut, but I'm not going to lie. You kind of stole the show. Uh, two goals, highlight reel off of a lovely Insignia back heel. Where, where did that goal rank on the list of goals Michael Bradley has scored in his career for sheer sexiness? There, there have been bigger goals, but sheer sexiness, where does that rank? Uh,
3: it, it may surprise you to hear that I don't a ton of time uh, ranking my ranking my goals on that <laughs> criteria right okay. now. All right now um, but no it was look it, it was a it was a goal I was happy with for sure um, honestly more than anything and we talked about this when we were when we were watching video um, when we were reviewing the game on video mm-hmm. in the days after that game as a team it was a real team goal you know it was a team goal yeah. in the sense of it was it was Oh exactly how we want to play you know we we lost the ball but we were we were aggressive and fast to go to to repress and go after it right away um we you know Charlotte tried to play tried to play at the back they couldn't we we won the ball in their half of the field quickly and then from there now we had guys close together in good in good positions and the connections and the passes went quick and and now you know we were able to to you know create a create a, a, a really good goal off of, a, off of a turnover now by being aggressive, by by being close together, by playing quickly,
1: and so that was, honestly, that was the part that that I was, that, that we were all most excited about. Yeah, nice. K and seeing you, uh, and that's a true captain speaking. Uh, like I said, I could talk to you for a long time about football, but we're running out of time here. I gotta ask, though, do you think a run is within reach this year? I know it's a lot to ask, but do you think there's a run there?
3: Absolutely, we do. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, look, we're we're not naive we've 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 let we've left ourselves um little margin for error so we we know that um but there's 11 games left and you know we've 33 points on the board still and and look anyone who has followed this league in the past still knows that um the teams that can really find their form and 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 gain momentum at, at the end of the year in the last you know in the last 10 games in the last third of the season you give yourselves a real chance and so again we we've, we've left ourselves a little more work than we would have liked but you know we're going to we're going we're going to go after each and every game one at a time and and see if uh, if we can really make make this thing interesting coming down the stretch
1: before I let you go, I know I talked about the 151 caps. I, I know you wear your heart on your sleeve. I wear my Canadian heart on my sleeve very rarely, but in football I do. Um, did any of the Canadian boys on the club team let you hear about Hamilton? Or like I know you got Asorio, you got Mark Anthony Kay now, Daniil Henry. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about Richie Larea again, but did you hear at all about CONCACAF standings and or Hamilton much this year?
3: No, look, I mean, it, it, at the, at this point, I root for those guys in a in a big way. Um, you know, they didn't have a bigger fan than 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 me when it came to their their qualifying and and their you know being able to to really um, you know move the move the the the, the team and their program yeah. and the and the game forward in this country, and so. Yeah. Look, obviously, when they play the when they play the U.S., um, yeah, for 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 me, it's it's uh, I watch with 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 even more um, excitement and and sure maybe on on that day and the, the, is the. For, for me, am, am I watching, still rooting for the U.S. in some ways? Yes, of course I am. But I also I, – I watch rooting for the U.S., but I also watch rooting I, – I, I watch rooting for Oso and Richie and and Mark Anthony. And, and so, look, there's a big healthy respect between, you know, players on both sides. Um, and so, again, we everyone understands that's a – to move the game forward in, in this part of the world, we all need each other. Yeah. You know, it's when Alfonso goes to Bayern Munich and does so well. Guess what? It's good for American players. When yes. when Christian Pulisic goes to Chelsea and does really well, it's good for Canadian players. You know, and yeah. so it's it's sure. There's gonna there's always gonna be some games, some qualifiers where there's a lot riding on things. And um, yeah, you as as. As someone who has played in those games, but now who gets to watch them, yeah, they're 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 fun, exciting games.
1: Yeah, it's fun. And then if that rivalry grows and that triumvirate in, in Concacaf uh, becomes world power, as you can only, all, all the high tide floats all boats. Uh, hey, listen, I, I wish I could speak more football with you. Anytime you want to drop by, feel free. Okay.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. I pr- really appreciate it.
1: Anytime. There is uh, Michael Bradley of TFC. We'll see. Seem pretty confident that they might be able to make a run mm-hmm. here. Not naive, but confident they can make a run. And I love seeing the derby, the Montreal Toronto derby, back meaning something. Mm-hmm. And Montreal is playing some good football right now. All right, coming up, we keep the ball rolling. Fresh off of signing a two-year deal with the Edmonds and Oilers, Kyler Yamamoto, Andrew Mangiapani also joining us. Jam-packed. Tim and friends continues.
4: Kyler Yamamoto, he might be one of the most inspirational players in the entire National Hockey League. Yamamoto is
1: like Taran Matthew in football. He's the honey badger. and He's just a relentless guy that fights way bigger than his size. He's been a big impact for a little guy. It's not about the size of the dog in the
4: fight. It's about the fight in the dog. He blocks shots. He's tenacious on the forecheck. He's excellent on the puck pursuit. But he also has that jam to go to the net at the right time.
0: Yamamoto on top shelf. Kyler Yamamoto!
1: Fresh off career highs, goals, assists, and of course points in a couple of days after settling on a two-year, $6.2 million deal, happy to have Kyler Yamamoto join us here on Tim and Friends. Thanks for doing this, Kyler. You, you back in Spokane? Uh, yep,
6: yep, I am. Just awesome. hanging out right now. i um, grinding away, but um, yeah, just hanging out.
1: Does it feel good to get this thing done?
6: Absolutely. Uh, it's been a couple stressful weeks, but I'm um, really glad I got, got it out
1: of the way. I think I would suck in arbitration. I think I'd want to punch people in the face, and that's probably not a good thing at all. Was it a relief to avoid kind of the process of going through arbitration? Absolutely.
6: I've just heard stories of arbitration and um, yeah, when you're leaving, it, I don't know if you're liking the team much more than uh, when you walked in. So I'm happy I avoided it um, and happy you know, everything went smooth and um, we got it out of the way.
1: We heard a lot of compliments in that we call it a sot in the business, sound on tape, but that little highlight reel. I know for a younger guy, a lot of the transition is getting used to the speed of things at the National Hockey League level and a lot of it is just gaining confidence in your game like I mentioned all the career highs and I know you were second in blocks in the team fourth in hits and and seemed to get better as the season wore on did something click for you do you know why and how the numbers kind of bumped up like that for you from last year to this season
6: um you know I really don't know um well obviously last year was uh a little bit tougher with the COVID year Um, Kind of just different. Um, You're playing a lot of games. It was just really jam-packed. But I I really don't know, honestly. Um, You know, I started out the season a little shaky this year, um, and then about halfway through the year, started to pick it up. And, you know, again, I played for Woody, um, Jay Woodcroft down in the AHL, and, you know, I loved him as a coach down there. And um, I really think he helped me when he came up um, and, you know, just finding my game again and, um, you know, calming me down and just believing in me and just, just being there
1: is it just knowing your strengths is it familiarity like what do you think it is that gives you that kind of that little extra gear from from knowing a coach
6: yeah I think just him knowing my game um, and him just talking to me every day um just telling me my strengths and you know I should be working on these things and um, etc you know um, I think he really just put me in the right uh, headspace and um, you yeah, I think I was able to flourish under him.
1: What did you guys, t- I mean, uh, how about, I won't ask you to speak for your teammates. What did you take from the run and then kind of the tough way it ended in the playoffs?
6: What well, I took, um, it's hard. Um, the Stanley Cup playoffs is hard, um, but man, is it fun. Um, you know, being able to go to all those cities and, you know, experiencing all those crowds, um, playing all those tough games. Um, yeah, I think just our team is so much more prepared, I think, for this year. Um, even with Kane coming back, now we got Campbell, Kulak, all coming back. You know, it's uh, it's exciting times right now, um, and you know I'm really looking forward to it. Kind of whet the appetite,
1: making a run like that.
6: Absolutely! Yeah. Oh my goodness! I mean, that's the farthest um, that's the farthest I've been in playoffs, so. Um, you know, it just makes me want to get to the Stanley Cup now and win it, honestly. Uh,
1: you, you guys are no secret anymore uh, after the run. And uh, you mentioned getting uh, Caner back, Evander Kane, And a lot of folks weighed in on that signing. What was he like as a teammate, and what's it mean to, to get him back in the fold?
6: Um, it's huge to get him back in the fold. He was a huge part of our team, um, you know, the last last little bit, um, especially in playoffs, too. So, But he was just a really good guy in the locker room. Um, you know, likes to have a good... Good chat in the locker room, um, you know, just chirping guys, um, you know, making it pretty easy on everyone. So it was a, uh, it was fun having him around, and um, excited he's back.
1: Have you ever crossed paths with Jack Campbell outside of playing against? Like I know maybe some USA hockey stuff. He's got a couple years on you, obviously, but yeah. Have Have you crossed paths with him at all?
6: Um, you know what? I have not. Right. Um, but I mean, I'm excited. You to will. go meet him at <laughs> camp. Yeah, I'm excited to go meet him at camp this year. Um, Seems like a really great guy and um happy he's on our team now.
1: Hey, this is a year where, where a couple of Americans have said love, peace, and hair grease to Canada. Uh, Campbell's an American guy going from one Canadian market to another. And, and I, I kind of struggle with this one because I kind of get it, especially with the pandemic and all. It's tough, and you want your family to be there, and it's not as easy to cross borders. And now, with the airports being what they are, but but I never hear you know basketball dudes shying away from passionate markets or, or a guy like Aaron Judge saying it's too tough to play baseball in New York for the Yankees. Yankees. What's your experience mm-hmm. been like in Edmonton?
6: Oh, uh, it's been awesome. Um, personally, I mean, our fan base is just unbelievable. Um, you know, they're diehard fans, and when you go play in front of them, um, you can definitely hear them throughout the the whole arena. So it's exciting and um, being able to play with McDavid and Dreisler, I mean, the two best players in the world. That's, I mean, yeah. how can you not get up for a game? Um, you're going in, and you're like. I could be playing with two best players in the world. So it's pretty exciting, but you know, I loved it and, um, you know, excited for another two years.
1: All right, so what's the rest of the offseason in in Spoke? I know the answer is workouts and ice time and and, and getting the legs going, but what do you do outside of that? Like, are you a Vegas guy, Washington State? Like, are you hiking or water skiing? I know your brother played at McGill. Like, what's the zen for the Yamamoto's?
6: Um, you know what? We've been golfing a lot this year, um, trying to get out three, four times um, a week. Um, but yeah, honestly, the working out, skating,
1: and then pretty much going to the course. All right, who hits it better? You or your brother?
6: <sighs> he just smoked <laughs> me the last round, but um, I don't know. It's pretty even actually, but I want to say he's a little bit better than me.
1: Are you? Are you guys competitive? Like I'm the youngest of four boys, and. Like the only thing that I learned was how to take a punch because it always got competitive and I'd have to duck my head and take the punch. But are you guys competitive on the course or is it just fun and the way to relax?
6: Uh, Absolutely. No, we're still competitive. It's (laughs) it's all fun, but yeah, I'm still competitive. I definitely don't want him to win. Uh, I don't think he wants me to win. But it's pretty fun. And um, like I said, he's a pretty good golfer, so I try.
1: But... Yeah, it usually gets the better of me. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Great catching up with you. Thanks for doing this and hopefully down the road uh, during the season, maybe even in the playoffs, we can catch up again.
6: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, No problem. And congratulations on the deal, of course. Thank you. There is Kyler Yamamoto of the Edmonton Oilers. Um, What do you think about that? you your like, brother? You and Spence? He, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah?
2: Yeah. But it's like an unspoken competitiveness. Like, I don't <laughs> think he likes when I play well on the golf right, course. But he's
1: there going, hey, great shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he,
2: he, I, he just got another hole. He's got two hole-in-ones now. So there's, what? like, big jealousy there. Back-to-back years. Same hole on the same course. Come on. Yeah, so is it like a is it
1: like a sixty yard uh No, no. No?
2: No. Well, it's not long. It's like a hundred a buck twenty, I wanna say. And back Two to back to back years one. is a little suspect, but yeah, I wasn't me. there for either of them either. Right. But We're, he was with his friends, so okay. yeah, it's all right. Do you have one?
1: Him, no, Do I you? don't have one. Yeah. I've never even come close. Honestly. Like I've never had the one
2: <gasps> Yeah. Let's get out and, and maybe we'll all right. We'll have some good luck. Soon.
1: Yeah. All right. We keep the Alberta hockey theme going next. Andrew Majiapani is going to join us after the news. Fresh off of getting his bread, the Breadman stops by to discuss the Flames' wild off-season and plenty more. Tim and Friends continues. Jay's Talk Twins with Merrifield's going to play in Toronto.
0: Tim <laughs> and <laughs> Time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and Friends of the Show.
1: Thank you very much, Sheep Talks. Back here, hour number two on Tim and Friends Full Hour Sportsnet and Sportsnet 360 as we head directly into Blue Jays Central. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, ahead of the Jays and the Twins. Game day starts right here with Tim and friends. Still to come, the Flames' Andrew Mangiapani in minutes, plus Eilish Forfar in studio, and Caleb Joseph on those very same Toronto Blue Jays. As mentioned 7 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet we got you covered until then Alec Manoa will be on the mound for the Jays not missing a spark a start excuse me after being hit by a comebacker last time out Shemmy Gray goes for the twins who are atop at the central Jays four new acquisitions Anthony Bass Zach Pop Mitchell White with Merrifield all join the team in Minnesota today Bass Pop and Merrifield all active tonight Gage Peacock Collins were optioned the lineup Interesting tonight. Springer back in it, but will DH while leading off? Whit Merrifield will replace him in center field and bat eighth. Bo Bichette shuffled down to the five hole for the first time in his career. Just the second time in his career batting lower than fourth, struggling a wee bit of late. teoscar Hernandez, who hasn't been struggling, move up. To the cleanup spot. As for Merrifield, lots of questions around his vaccination status after he didn't play in Toronto. He answered those questions a short time ago.
5: Like I said, I, for a couple of weeks now, I've understood that this might be a possibility, and um, I'll be I'll be in Toronto when the team goes there. It was something that I probably could have handled a little better, but um, what's happened's happened, and you know, I'm, like I said, I'm excited to be a Blue Jay. I'm Excited to get to Toronto and playing the Rogers Center as my as my home
1: good to go as elephant man once said all right let's get to some baseball highlights for you lots of good matchups Cubs Cardinals bottom of the seventh Cubs up three nothing Marcus Stroman in a groove until Nolan Gorman 12th the former Blue Jays starter is taken deep to make it 3-1 next batter Paul Goldschmidt Uh number 26 off Stroman back to back Home runs. They would add another in the inning. Showman can't finish the seventh. We're tied at three. Bottom of the ninth now. Two on for Lars Nootbaar. Don't make him run. He's full of Nootbars. The base hit. Nolan Arenado safe at home. And this is extra special in St. Louis because they walked off the Cubbies. Nootbaar gets it done for three. The final. All right, Brewers and Pirates in Pittsburgh. Bottom of the seventh. Pirates down 3 2. Two on Ben Gamel singles. Jason DeLay did not delay at all. <laughs> Comes home. He's safe. We're tied at three.
2: That was on a tee for you there.
1: Top of the ninth. Brewers' base is loaded. Looking to break the deadlock. Keep Brian Hayes.
0: And.
3: Oh, what a stop! Hayes! There's one! Oh! the buckos just turned two.
1: what a play by key Brian Hayes what the hell was that about a kazoo anyways this game needs extras bottom ten pirates make key Brian Hayes play stand up bases loaded Matt Bush on the hill no no it's a walk off wild pitch Pirates sweep the Brewers 5-4. Grossest, right? Yeah. Yeah, Maybe a pass ball would be worse. Oh, not not worse. Ugly. ugly, a lot. Dodgers Giants. Speaking of rivalries, will this one be walked off? Top four runner on first, Gavin Lux. Sends with the right, Joey Gallo. Dodgers Dave, You Trying to score from first. Got him. Wilmer Flores with the relay later in the inning, 2-1. They're not going to get Mookie Betts because he's gone beyond the restraining fences of this ball yard. That by major league rule is a home run. It's a three-run shot, 25th of the season, Dodgers lead 4-2. Everything's looking good until this. Clayton Kershaw, during his warm-up tosses, appears to tweak something, forced hey, to leave the game. Run. We'll, take them a look we'll at have to check on Kershaw, who has Kershaw had a checkered pass of late. Do not off, like to, not to see that. Of at least injury-wise, checkered pass oh, of late. 5-2 a right way. now is the score in on that one. Rockies and Padres. How about San Diego's debut of the new guys? Brandon Drew, did he do it again? No. Whoa. Look at the catch! Whoa. Sam Hilliard! robs him of his second home run in his many games that right there is world class that was three feet over the fence i like the lower walls you yeah way way more fun how about juan soto second game with sent? no it's a, it's a double play lined it right at cj cron double play but his mom's still enjoying what a
2: letdown game, game. game too, is
1: my goodness Rockies six nothing after the oh, grand slam everyone feeling good yeah. the crowd all jacked a little bit of a different story in game Number two. All right, kids. We move on to a little hockey, and I promised it all along. It is one after another today. Michael Bradley, captain TFC, Kyler Yamamoto, and our next guest put up some pretty big numbers in Calgary last year. In fact, he was generating Team Canada talk, best on best before it fell through. Fresh off a three-year deal, uh, that doesn't quite change Mangia Pani to Fari Ilpane. My sad attempt to change eat bread to make bread in Italian hopefully Andrew <laughs> Mangiapani is still there. He is thanks for joining us. Thanks for doing this Andrew.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: I know you're a GTA kid. Did you grow up like a lot of my Italian friends going to Sunday school and learning Italian.
5: No no nothing. I know very little. Uh, my nonno and nonna uh, still are not happy that uh, my dad didn't I don't think uh, taught me some Italian but. Um, yeah, I know very, very little.
1: Yeah, you're of a different generation. All my guys had to go to Sunday school. Absolutely hated it, but they learned their Greek and or Italian. I mentioned we had Yamamoto on the show uh, earlier talking about avoiding arbitration and how nice it was to get it done and avoid that kind of awkwardness, the same kind of awkwardness in my Italian. but But was it nice to get it done?
5: Yeah yeah right um, obviously there is a little bit of I, I think you know nervousness kind of leading up to it I don't think anyone kind of wanted to go to arbitration so um, like he said right you're happy to get it done before and I'm especially happy that I was able to sign for uh, you know a longer term deal and get three years out of
1: it. Did, did you kind of want the longer term deal because that kind of stuck out to me a little bit here.
5: Yeah right I was open to three years or maybe even longer right but um, yeah we settled on three and uh, you know I like Calgary Calgary is my second home Uh, like the organization you know teammates are great and you know everything about it so I was happy it was an easy decision for me I always wanted to go back and you know I'm happy that I was able to get three years
1: yeah I'm sure there's a lot of fans in Calgary happy hearing you say that I know as a professional athlete that you kind of have to have supreme confidence how even to do this gig I got to convince myself that I'm good every once in a while. Um, but not many people saw the jump that you were going to make in the last year and a half coming for you. Did you know that the numbers and the jump in your game was there? Yeah
5: I, I always believed in, in myself right I, I think uh, when I first kind of came into the league um, you know I was kind of nervous and maybe a little timid and you know starstruck, right um, but as you know as the seasons went on I started you know seeing glimpses of it but now I, you know I'm, I'm as confident as, as I've ever been playing hockey and um, now it's just me just going out there playing my game and doing whatever I can to help help the team win so um, I think just kind of my success this year just came from you know playing with confidence and just trusting my abilities.
1: How do you keep that growth going.
5: i um, just you know training hard, keep going on the ice, right? I'm working hard now in the summers to, you know, keep, keep growing as a player. But I, I think during the season, it's just, you know, getting out there and getting um, opportunity and, you know, getting put in uh, different uh, situations. And obviously sometimes uh, there's some learning curve in that, but you know, at the at the end of the day, when you're in those situations, you're learning from it. And, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you'll do good eventually, right? right?
1: Uh, it's no secret that there are some big time changes in in Calgary. I'm not breaking any news here. Um, I say, we say, it's a business all the time. But was it tough to watch uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kuchuk or at least the last couple of weeks here?
5: Yeah, it's um, you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different kind of coming into camp. Um, you know, those two are two great guys, two great people uh, on and off the ice. So uh, I wish nothing but the um, you know success for them uh, on their on their new teams. Um, but now it's, you know, kind of, you know, opens up the door for the rest of the team. Obviously, they're, they're two good players and, and they were doing some heavy lifting this year. So there's going to be some good opportunity for, you know, guys to kind of step up and uh, to fill their role a little bit.
1: I was on Sportsnet 960, uh, the fan in Calgary, and uh, they asked me what I could say to Calgary fans to make them feel better. And all I could say was I'd give them a virtual hug if they wanted it, of course. Uh, what's, what's your message to one of the best fan bases in, in all of hockey?
5: Yeah, obviously it's tough when uh, I guess you kind of lose those those uh, two big guys. Uh, but, you know, like I said, the majority of guys are still there and majority of the guys are, are ready to win. Right. I think we're we're at that point and, um, you know, we're all kind of most of our ages where we're ready to win and we want to win. So uh, it should be a you know exciting uh, season. And uh, I'm just happy to get back there and just to, you know, even meet the new guys and just, you know, get things rolling.
1: I was thinking about what the lines might look like next season do you have any idea who you'll be playing with.
5: No no nothing nothing like that right But um, I'm sure they'll be doing some uh, different line combinations and thinking about that but yeah I'm just trying to you know keep staying uh, staying fit and keep working hard during the summer and just kind of be ready for kind of any possibility to come training camp
1: as I asked that I realized that's probably not something that's probably not a Daryl Sutter type of thing <laughs> to start yeah. telling people where they're going to be playing uh, next year what we, we watch the news conferences you know we see the persona outside of the dressing room. What does Daryl Sutter bring to a dressing room uh, that impresses you most.
5: You know he, he's a great coach right um, obviously he's he's one and, you know, he's just so smart, right? I think um, the biggest thing for me is, you know, he always wants, uh, he always wants to win. He always wants uh, you to be your best, right? Um, and that's kind of what you want in a coach. I know sometimes maybe he could be um, so tough on guys and everything and, you know, but I think at the end of the day, he's doing it for, he's doing it to win. And, and that's why we're all here. We're here to win. And, and you know, you got to respect him for that.
1: You know, it's funny, we all have different motivations, whether it can be a coach, whether it can be, you know, doing it for your family. Did Did you take any motivation from being a sixth round pick? Like, did you carry that with you as kind of like a, a chip to prove people wrong?
5: Um. Yeah, I think uh, even dating back to my, my OHL days, uh, my OHL draft uh, as well, right, I was wasn't selected there and you know Dale Howard gave me a chance and you know I just wanted to prove people wrong there and then I was passed up in my first year eligibility going to the, to the NHL and I went back to junior and still wanted to you know just prove people wrong that you know I, I believe in myself and I think I am a, a can be an NHLer and then obviously I was uh excited to be selected in the sixth round uh, with the Calgary Flames but I even now, I still think that I, I should have been maybe selected higher and everything like that. But I was just happy at the, the time and moment that I was uh, that I was selected. Right. And they saw something in me. So, um, you know, I oh, thanks a lot to Dale for, you know, kind of uh, Dale Howard for getting that kind of started for me and the very organization. Um, right. They gave me a chance when kind of nobody else
1: did. Listen, uh, Tom Brady was a 6th round pick, too, right? Like, we all know that. (laughs) Uh, It's funny because I I usually tweet out around draft time, whether it's OHL, WHL, a CFL. Like, that's not the end. Like, we have all these ranking systems all across every sport, and it kind of sort of pisses me off because it places expectations. But I love hearing dudes who weren't on those rankings or got passed over in the OHL making it and just proof that like it's never over right.
5: Yeah you know exactly I was always told uh, you know you're a smaller player um, work hard in school you know do good in hockey and you know go the NCAA route and then I went to Barry Colts camp and I was just kind of just trying to measure myself up to see if I even had a career in hockey to see you know if I'm I'm good against these guys that are that are you know selected and by Barry and drafted and everything like that. And I went to that camp and then I ended up just kind of making the team and uh, I was kind of up and down roller coaster uh, throughout my career, but uh, it wouldn't happen any other way.
1: Yeah, you're trying out for the Barry Colts now 35 goals in the show. Uh, That's awesome. (laughs) One last one for you. Uh, Have have you reached out at all to Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Wieger, the new guys? Like, have you been able to kind of shoot some texts or even talk with them?
5: Uh, not kind of one on one, but yeah. they they got added uh, pretty quick into our um, oh, our nice. group chat, our Flames group chat there. So uh, they just kind of said hi and everything. So can't wait to just kind of get to Calgary and, and meet them. Uh, obviously, they're two kind of great players. So excited to see what they can uh, bring to our team.
1: Hey, awesome! Thanks for taking the time. Uh, continued success, and hopefully we can do this uh, the in season or maybe even in the playoffs next year.
5: Yes, yes. Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me.
1: Anytime. Uh, there is Mangiapane, Andrew Mangiapani of the. Calgary Flames all right so we had Edmonton Oilers we had Calgary that Flames, we did yep. we have TSC and now we're going to go to a former pro actually a couple former pros Ailish Forfar played professional hockey Yep. and Caleb Joseph who played professional baseball that's right kids Join me for the rest of the show to make sure that I make it through Ailish Forfar will be joined by Caleb Joseph in a wee bit as well on this athletic edition outside <laughs> of me Tim and Friends. left <laughs> uh, well, a long time ago. Jesse, how about you? Yeah, it's gone. <laughs> we roll on Tim and Friends here to help uh, handle the last 40 minutes of the show. Frankly, get me over the finish line. <laughs> co-host of the Fan Morning Show. My co-host the rest of the way. And I understand uh, someone who's schooled Faisal Kamis in a little target practice You bet I did.
7: Week. I'm yeah. surprised they let me back because like, I'm like top enemy sometimes to some people here.
1: Did you take me. his ego? What happened here? Yeah,
7: he was pretty embarrassed. He, well, he <laughs> talked himself up big game. Oh, I have a rookie card. They show both our rookie cards. Right. No, he had nothing.
1: But like, okay you were drafted
7: (laughs) I was yeah I don't think I
1: I don't think Faisal was drafted that's true Um, was it Markham Fury that drafted Uh, you
7: whoa Markham Thunder Thunder. you just combined both the rival teams into one (laughs) that's terrible I was
1: trying to go back in the old dome piece and obviously it's been pushed out of the break Markham Thunder yeah same same jerseys
7: as basically the Dallas Stars they were sick right
1: and uh, so Faisal said in his in his head I got this.
7: I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> Honestly, it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I, I can
1: tell you one thing. I will not have the same attitude in any way, shape, or form. Right. I've already lost to Jesse in our, uh, he is the Tim and Friends mm. uh, Skills Shootout Challenge. Because we, we had the. Where beginning. was I for this? we're just us we're just in here. I think you're do, scared next I yeah, am scared next time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
7: a frequent flyer in this room now so right. next time I we're going to do something frequent
1: flyer I like that I, I think it's, a it's good I think it's Jesse but I, I am all for having some sort of champion crowned in this nice. studio triple threat match and yes yeah, some sort of triple threat is, is, is it a is it a loser leaves town match sure Oh, no. Did you say spike
7: ball's back? Or, or sorry, slam ball? Slam ball. We should is, play slam ball. Are
1: we doing it in <laughs> last call? Okay, yeah. oh, so, it's not back. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> that. That's good. That's we had nice. talked
7: about it earlier today. <laughs>
1: this is how many kids out there have no idea what slam ball is, though? Uh, all of them?
7: I did, kids, but I had to be refreshed, I think.
1: Yeah. No, nobody has any clue what
2: <laughs> slam ball is. If, oh. you were born, if you were born, I don't know, after what? 95? Just me. You have no idea. 95? You have no, you have no idea what slam ball is. I, I,
7: I'm 94, so I just made the
2: cut. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> there was, I, people One
1: young, year younger, we younger <laughs> than Ailish, <laughs> I have that no idea sweaty. what was I
7: was is. like, oh, should I say it? Yeah, okay.
1: We just made uh, it. 94. All right, so uh, 94, a good year for the Toronto Blue Jays. That's right they it was. Four so <laughs> let's talk a little bit of Blue Jays. I'm sure, like, what's harder, taking... Faisal Kamisa's ego. Oh boy. Or co-hosting with JD Bunkus when the Jays do what All they right. did at the well, deadline.
7: Come on. J D Bunkus. It's like it's just so much steam coming out of the radio when people are driving, like oh I'm to turn my AC on. Because he is like spitting fire. Um yeah, the first couple of days were interesting to weed through after the trade deadline, but mm-hmm. I think we've settled. I think okay. we've settled a bit. So he
1: was up I know he was upset. Yes. How <laughs> much of the upset do you actually agree with?
7: I think that we took some time to go through the trades and the lack of trades. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're kind of in agreement that it was underwhelming, but it, technically they did do some of the things that were asked for, but they didn't get the splashy, sexy names. And I think right. that's where we're a little bit disappointed as Blue Jays fans, where we're like, why weren't you in on this deal? Why weren't you in on this deal? And it's, all right, well, maybe there's a bigger picture we don't understand.
1: So was it Soto? Like what? Soto? Th- it, it is Soto?
7: I think that was... That was a more of a, a luxury.
1: Yeah, it felt like, it, I, like, that felt pie in the sky to me. Like, it felt like it was never going to happen. And I said as much And it much wasn't something we, they
7: really needed. Like, I know he's a generational yeah, player, but is he like the big, <laughs> lefty bat was there. But yeah. when we had our discussions on the fan warning <laughs> show, yeah. 6 to 10 a.m. every day, nice. 590.
1: I should have done that. You should
7: have done that. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of discussions about, we need bullpen help. Right. That was something that was uh, addressed, whether it was the names that you wanted or not, but that's uh, That was the big circle. A starting pitching help and lefty bat. In that order was okay, how so, we when, had it.
1: When, when J.D. <laughs> allows the steam to exit the ears and, and you try and talk him down. Mm-hmm. I've had the co-host before. Uh-huh. I don't know if you, you know We've this. you have
7: been but. on our show once <laughs> or twice, too. And,
1: and, and the guy that used to sit in that seat yeah. had a little J.D. Mm-hmm. in him every once in a while. And I have to talk him through it. <laughs> so when you're saying, like, Anthony Bass has a 141 ERA. Is that a great season? Is whip under one. Like... That's kind of a decent bullpen I think arm. so. Right.
7: I do think so. But so, I think it was just like, what, this guy again?
1: Right. <laughs> he was already here. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, we don't think that the Jays are going to overtake the Yankees, but we no. also think that they're pretty solidly slotted into a playoff spot I yeah. do agree
7: and yeah. I think maybe some of the conversations we had was look at how much other teams did and right. that is that's tough because you can't control what other teams do so maybe the gap grew significantly but the, the Jays did take steps forward I think that they are a better team than before mm-hmm. the trade deadline but maybe they didn't take the big step that the Yankees the, Astros, the, Astros, the, Astros, the, yeah. the Mariners yeah. who's going to be a playoff matchup probably took so that's part of the mm, frustration, I think.
1: Even in the tins that we'll see uh, tonight, right? Uh, c- following us, we'll have Caleb Joseph on the mm-hmm. show, and then Blue Jays Central, and then the Blue Jays game. As game day starts right here with Tim and Friends, as it <laughs> always does. Uh, so we got some news today. All three uh, of Bass, Pop, and Merrifield activated for tonight. We're expecting Mitch White mm-hmm. maybe to be activated Saturday. for his start. Yeah, on Saturday. Sounds like a law firm. It does. Bass, matter. Pop, and Merrifield? Honestly, if you <laughs> had like okay.
7: a, a ticket, a traffic ticket, I'd be calling them. <laughs> yeah. You'd be calling <laughs> Bass, <laughs> Pop, and Not that I would ever get a traffic ticket.
1: I don't, I don't believe that. Uh, Merrifield will wear number one and play no center way. field tonight for the Jays. Number one? Yeah, he's wearing. It's a bold
7: move. It is a
1: bold move. I is could it not? never
7: pull that off.
1: I mean, ripping off Shin Yamaguchi's number <laughs> is a bold. Well, there's also Tony Fernandez who wore number one. But as we've uh, we've already established, I'm older than everyone else mm, in the room. The and I understand that. But So, it'll be interesting to see. And, and the Beau Bichette. Sliding down from the cleanup spot to five, I thought, uh, made some Twitter news. It's
7: it did. I think there's a lot of calls for it, though. I mean, we get the text line popping every day, we get the Twitter DMs. People really wanted to see something, just a little bit of a shakeup for that because Bo had been obviously underperforming. I think he would totally agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. So for him to be slid down a bit, a little change of scenery potentially. I remember getting changes of scenery from left bench to right bench. It can really spark a lot yeah, in the player.
1: Yeah, and get you going. So maybe that's what Bo needs. <laughs> um, just to back you up here because I'm going to be a good teammate, mm-hmm. Chris Black on Twitter, Bo Bichette, 20 games in the cleanup spot. The slashes are 215, 256, mm-hmm. 304. That's not the greatest cleanup uh, batter. You can zero home runs, nine RBIs. Uh, so you're right.
7: You know he's never batted fifth. Yeah. I, Ever.
1: I saw Ever? that on Twitter, yeah. That's,
7: a, that's fun. I,
1: mean, I, wonder, uh, I wonder how far back we'd have to go, because you would assume that the son of Dante Bichette probably had some skills yeah. immediately. Like, even when he's in Pony League or whatever. I'm all sure Pony
7: league bat. <laughs> fifth. No, there's no chance.
1: <laughs> I guarantee you he walked into T-ball hitting bombs.
7: I, we'll have to ask him. Get him yeah. on the show.
1: We'll, we'll get him on the show <laughs> and we'll talk about that. All right, listen. We're going to talk with uh, Caleb Joseph coming up, and... Uh... We'll continue this Jay's talk. Uh, so, when are we bringing the net in studio? I think that's the secondary question here. I don't know. I'm not Jesse there. beat me, junk so where? I can't talk where any junk is it? here. I thought
7: we had it. Yeah, it's over actually there. not even in the room. I think you you got rid of it, like especially because I'm coming.
1: No. It's always in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're hiding. We are cowering under the desk. <laughs> Caleb Joseph next. Welcome back, Tim and friends. Literally right now, Jason Twins coming up Sportsnet tonight. Blue Jays Central will immediately follow us, 7 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet. George Springer, dh and back in the lineup. He'll lead off with Merrifield. Jays debut, bats eighth, plays center field. Bo Bichette drops to fifth in the order, swapping spots with Teoscar Hernandez. John Schneider with a lot of options, with Merrifield in the fold. Rubik's Cube, right? I'm Just trying to figure it out. He's going to be all over the place. I think he's going to be in there more than he's not going to be in there. And I think the luxury of having a guy like him with who else we have, too, is you can use uh, guys off the bench pretty strategically, too. So it's going to be second base. It's going to be anywhere in the outfield. Um, He's comfortable doing all those things, and we're excited to have that skill set. Back at the Tim and Friends studios, Tim McAuliffe, Ailish Farfart, Jesse Rubinoff over there. And joining us from the Blue Jays Central studio is the uh, world-famous Vibes coordinator and Blue Jays analyst, Caleb Joseph. What's going on, Caleb? How are you, man? Let's get two claps in a Rick <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I, I almost, I almost missed it. Yeah. I, two claps and all oh, right. I got to get back in that fold. Uh, so it feels. I'm not. I'm not going to say it's Ric Flair at 73, but John Schneider settling into his role <laughs> as the manager of this team. A little shuffle here. Do you like it?
4: I love it and I think the team has responded to be honest with you Tim look they came out and they've been aggressive on the base passive they have hit and run they've done a number of different things and they came out of the gates hot right after the all-star break and they're just keep they just keep moving along, and you can kind of sense the energy level has changed inside of that clubhouse and that dugout. They are really playing with some passion right now, and look, the additions of these four guys, it's just going to be a shot in the arm, no pun intended, <laughs> um, for the club. And look, he, he's got them on the right track, and they're, they're pulling in the right direction. They're doing a lot of things right. Uh, I, I see them as a dark horse right now, and that's a scary team with this kind of talent, kind of creep up and, and sneak around in the, in the weeds, and, and before you know it, you, you've lost a game in the playoffs. So hopefully they keep it going, but he's, he's been doing a great job in John Schneider.
7: Okay, don't think that I didn't catch your shot in the arm reference. <laughs> uh, I'm all over the pun, so I love that. So we're going to see uh, the guy that apparently has had a shot in his arm already with Merrifield joining the Blue Jays today. What are we expecting to see from him in his debut?
4: Well, I played against Witt for a number of years and he is a tough out and he's a consummate pro. He's won. He's a proven winner. He's a hard worker. Anybody that you talk to inside that Royals organization, they just say so many amazing things about him as a person, about his work ethic, his leadership capabilities. And look, that means a lot. And. He is coming from Kansas City where he did a lot of winning there for a couple of years. And then over the past couple seasons, they haven't done much. And for a guy that's 33 years old, I believe, that has, has been to the top in terms of winning and then is on a, a not-so-good team, it really is uh, it will lift your spirits in terms of being traded back to a winner. So I, I don't even really worry about what he's done before. Uh, for the first four months of the season because I know how tough of an out he is he can play all over as you heard John Schneider saying he's the perfect guy to uh, move around that diamond and to kind of uh, the load management right they talk about that all the time well if you have a guy that can literally play all over the diamond you can start giving guys Dave off And, and what it does is it just helps your team to stay fresh he's that guy he's been a winner he's been in the trenches he's won on the biggest stage and I think it's a great pickup and quite honestly I I think you had to do that not knowing where George Springer really truly is with that elbow
1: by the way say it with confidence homie 33 years old you were correct (laughs) Uh, you got it right so so let's talk about that and, and kind of the the you've changed teams before in your lifetime. You weren't a shy guy, so you you kind of were able to acclimate yourself. But how long in the middle of the season does it take for a kind of for a guy to kind of find his role?
4: It takes a minute. And I remember going to the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2019 after spending 11 seasons with the Baltimore Orioles, and it took a minute. I, mean, I knew some players over there, but trying to figure out where you fit in that was kind of the biggest. Uh, headache I guess I knew where I fit in personally but in terms of how I fit in with the team that was a that was the biggest question mark well as you heard John Schneider say there it looks like he's going to be playing a lot so he's going to be able to figure out where he fits in really quickly and this isn't a guy that that doesn't know what he's doing he's been around for a long time he knows how to handle himself inside that clubhouse and he comes in with instant credibility the guys that have played against him they know this is a great player with a big track record uh, I mean, goodness, he was one of the hottest trade ships for the last two or three years. I mean, everybody was wondering, are they going to trade Whitmerryfield? Are they going to trade field And sure enough, the Jays are able to get him uh, because he's having a little bit of a down year. But look, he's going to fit in really quickly because he's got adaptability, and it's, it's going to be a great pickup for the Jays.
7: So, Caleb, I know you've been in a lot of trade deadline type of situations, whether you're getting traded or not, but what's it like in that dugout or that locker room right now with the guys? Is it a reinvigoration post-deadline? Were they feeling similarly to Blue Jays fans about a little bit more of a quiet time and, and how do they, you know, build on that into the second part of the season?
4: Sure. Yeah. And and I spent uh, a while trying to figure out the vibe inside that clubhouse talking to the players. I know how I felt and I'm on the outside looking in right now. I, I felt like it was Christmas Day and i was wanting the xbox but i ended up getting the original uh nintendo so it's still pretty cool (laughs) right i mean there's games that are really cool in there but it's not exactly what i was hoping for but as i've thought about it more i really like the moves they made and i've talked to players inside the clubhouse and they do not feel the same way that i felt and they do not feel the same way that a lot of fans feel in terms of that Air out of the balloon. They feel really confident. They know they're a good team. They know they got better, and they really believe in themselves. And I didn't hear one thing from a single player that was, "Ah, well, we really wanted this. It's really disappointing." No, I- I'm hearing the actual opposite. We know we're a good team. We got better, and we're going to put our head do- heads down, and we're going to go try and do something magical in in October. And uh, I, it kind of surprised me, to be honest with you, because I, I was shocked. to be honest. I, I just could not believe that they didn't go get out a big-name player. I was anticipating it, expecting mm. it, and it just didn't happen. But that's not how the players feel. And, and sometimes it, it, you have to take a step back. And those guys are the ones that are in it every single day. And if they believe in what they have and they could add a couple complimentary pieces and feel good about it, then, hey, they're the ones playing the game. And that's exactly what I heard when I talked to those players. You know, I hated that I had to keep my own stats
1: on RBI baseball in the original Nintendo. Like, that's absolute horse bleep. (laughs) We needed a better game, and we didn't get it until I got my son. All right. (laughs) All right. uh, So, George Springer, brought him up. Are you as nervous
4: as everyone else seems to be about the elbow? I really am, Tim, and if there's bone chips in there, I mean, look, I I cannot stretch out. See that elbow? There's bone chips in that elbow, and you can't stretch out. And what happens is every time you go to fully extend on that elbow, it's like a knife going into the back of the elbow. It's a three- to six-week process, but at this point, it doesn't make much sense. And so if that's the case... That's a little bit scary because every throw he has to get fully extended. Every time he swings that bat and releases the bat head, that back right elbow is trying to extend. And that's, uh, see that clip right there? That scares me. And that's why I think that the Whit Merrifield acquisition was almost necessary, because if you can't trust that George is gonna be able to be in the lineup, and let's say Lourdes Gurriel Jr. or Teoscar goes down, you're talking about having Bradley Zimmer and Rymel Tapia in your starting lineup in perpetuity so I think that pickup was a really smart pickup I am worried about it it does in mine at least it does come and go and I think they'll be able to manage it. I would be shocked if you saw him a lot uh, in the next coming weeks I think they'll really try and rest it once September starts to roll around I think he'll ramp it up and, and see what he's got
7: that sounds disgusting <laughs> your arm <laughs> like, I, like I don't know how you're functioning you can't even reach your arm out on camera <laughs> look at you
4: it's just bone chips, you know, and it's years and years of play, and all it takes is one swing. There's all kinds of, of growth patterns back there, and one weird swing can chip one off, and then it grows back, and every time you swing, it chips back off, and it happens. And if that's what he has, I, it's a tough, tough thing to, to play through, and, and kudos to him for playing through it. It's, it's, it's not that easy to do.
7: Okay, so we're going to see Whit Merrifield, you know, maybe load up some of that workload that George Springer is going to miss possibly. But we're going to see some other faces um, in the bullpen. Do you think that the Blue Jays did enough to really shore up that bullpen, um, you know, with a big playoff run, hopefully on the horizon?
4: Well, I guess we'll see, right? Uh, Like I said earlier, I was a little bit disappointed because I was – on the boat of trying to go get high velocity guys and look there's two ways to kind of build a bullpen one you're either going to go get high velocity guys and it doesn't matter who really you're matching up against that pitcher there's 98 there's 99 we're going to go get it or you can try and start matching guys pitches in terms of vertical and horizontal break and what they feature against certain pockets of the lineup that match up against those type of pitches. I will say what I love about Bass and Pop is they're both sinker ballers and they both have only given up one homer this year each and I love the fact that they they don't give up the extra base hit and for me late in the game that's a huge thing they both bring that type of element and yeah you can say Adam Simbers throwing sliders but reality is it's It's kind of that rise slider if that makes any sense it's not really a real sinker and yes max castillo has a sinker but it's more of a runner these guys have true sinkers and they're able to put the ball on the ground and they don't have a lot of slug behind it so i love the acquisitions in terms of how it complements their bullpen and that's why as i've thought about it more and more and see exactly what they bring and their individual numbers i do think it's a more well-rounded bullpen it's probably going to be dependent if Kevin Gosman if uh, Barrios if Manoa can go seven innings in a playoff game that's that's probably what it looks like is going to have to happen or the Jays just go out and score 10 runs which is going to be pretty (laughs) tough but we'll see I do like the additions and uh, we'll just have to see if it's enough all right so about two
1: minutes left here for the Twin Cities Uh, twins weren't shy at all. Uh, They're one up on Cleveland, two up on Chicago coming into the series. What do you make of what Minnesota did and what the Jays are going to see over these four?
4: Well, I love their pickup in Lopez, right, for the exact same reason that I like Bass and Pop. The guy puts the ball on the ground. It's a heavy, heavy sinker. And, look, they got a big name in in Fulmer. He's got a big fastball. I, I think the Blue Jays were probably more interested in the other two guys from Detroit. But... Look, they, they're, they're getting better, right? They got better. The Minnesota Twins got better. And we saw how they swung the bats against the Blue Jays here at the Rogers Center not too long ago. And solidifying the back end of that bullpen was a big deal for them as they have Sonny Gray going again tonight. But Lopez is the real deal, and kudos to Baltimore for being able to kind of find him out of nowhere, turn him into a real big back end of the bullpen piece now for the Minnesota Twins. They're going to be sneaky. Uh, But I I like the Jays' offense over what they're bringing on the hill. Hey, last one before we let
1: you go, you brought up the Orioles, and I I can't believe what they did at the deadline being this close. Uh, You spent a lot of time there. Was it as surprising, like, trading Trey Mancini to me was just like, what? What did they do? Uh, That fan base has been through a lot. Did did
4: you kind of feel for something there, or do you understand it? I understand it, and I feel for it because knowing – the fans and how passionate they are and how patient they have tried to be with this quote rebuild and even if it's just a playoff run for one game or or, or, sorry one series look we saw what that did for the blue jays in 2020 right Right. it just kind of builds that we want to get after this we want to go do it and it builds some hunger and so to see them super close and go kind of into uh to sell mode that was disappointing and as just a fan of the orioles naturally i did feel bad for their fan base
1: Caleb, uh, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it always. And one last thing before we let you go. If we had a hockey accuracy challenge between myself, Alish, and Jesse Rubinoff, just who do you think would win? Alish, 100% hundred percent.
7: I paid him for that.
1: There's confidence with that,
7: too. <laughs> thanks, Caleb. You're my favorite.
1: Yeah, no thanks, Caleb. <laughs> all right, there is Caleb Joseph. Uh, you can see him on Blue Jay Central coming up. Mere Moments, that's right. They will immediately follow us right here on Sportsnet before the Jays at around 740 p.m. Eastern. Got it. Jesse, you're quiet. Over. No, I just feel like they organized that before he came on. <laughs>
2: that's
7: all. I sent him a DM. I said, yeah. you
1: better say." me. <laughs> Last call with Rubinoff next. I'm not gonna lie. Some shocking slander of uh, <laughs> oh my, my athletic ability during the commercial break, Jesse. I don't know if you heard it. Yeah, no, it I, stayed it. I, st- oh, I stayed oh, out my. of it. I stayed out of it. Like it is out of control right now. Like, I know. Looking at me now, I would think the same thing. But like there you is a history. Like we showed my VHS tapes earlier on the show. Do you remember the he VHS? Bullied people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just ran right through them. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. I gotta Huge get the VHS shoulder tapes too. back on the show for some reason.
2: Yeah. Just let the competition, just let your work in the competition no, do the No, but it, it. it was hurting.
1: The, the slander was hurting during the championship. But Kalish for Jesse Rubin. Cut's off, deep. So. Cut's deep. It does. Yeah. yeah sure I didn't that. contribute
7: much on the ice. I was really good at chirping and getting the opponents off their game.
2: Right. Obviously. You're not already out of my opponent, skin. But obviously, obviously you know, yeah. You're already, to already skin. Yeah. Took two blocks. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. Uh, all right. Let's uh, begin last call with a tweet sent out just a little while ago from our intrepid reporter out in Calgary, Ryan Leslie. It's a short one. It's just eyes. It's the eyes emoji. Oh, this is saved by. Do the we have bar. any
1: idea? Yeah. That, that, I mean, I have an idea here. Can I?
7: Hey, please, go ahead.
1: I mean, I told Jesse yesterday, the day before. Yesterday, that, yeah. Is it yesterday? Yep. I keep hearing Kadri's name out there.
7: Okay.
1: And the Calgary Flames don't have the cap space. will figure it out. For Nazim Kadri. But if they found. Enough to make him say, do I really want to go to Long Island? Maybe they can kind of convince him that this is a team that he can win on and make money on. I like this. I don't know. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. I'd heard the name Kadri linked to Calgary for oh. a little bit. And I just, I wonder if.
7: That would be eyeballs emoji for me.
1: That would qualify, and you wouldn't be pissed off after you find because that's the next step for this tweet, mm. right?
7: It's like, <laughs> oh, I had a great sub for lunch. Yeah,
1: you're like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut shut up. up. I
2: said hole in one potentially.
1: Is it, you think it's like a hole in one? It could be. I yeah. mean,
2: what what time is it out in Calgary? It's like, right. it's a reasonable All time on. to be playing golf.
7: It's summer, they don't work much.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, exactly, no. <laughs> exact. That's true too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I got this feeling.
7: You heard it here first.
2: All right, fine. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to our next story, which we uh, addressed briefly. Last blog. uh, Slam ball is back. Almost. The sport which mixes basketball, football, and trampolines that first appeared in the early 2000s is back. The last slam ball season was played in 2008. The league's founder announced today that it will return in the summer of 2023. (laughs) Eilish, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for the return of slam ball? One Right? I cannot wait for this.
7: We talked about this on the morning show. We were drafting our favorite, like who we'd pick first overall from Russell Sportsnet Westbrook. Talent. No, Sportsnet Talent. A lot of people said Tim, so I don't agree. That's what we were slandering
1: <laughs> about. I, it's awesome quick, I don't agree. So who else, fun. who else? I mean <laughs> David Amber. David <laughs> Amber oh, was high up jump. in the draft. <laughs> yeah. Kevin yeah. Barker. Yeah.
7: Sneaky, but I don't yeah. like, you know, he's got those, those Miller shoes on, though.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he weighed down. <laughs> Weigh, weighed down and or bigger springs. That's true. Bigger springs. Yeah. Off J.D.
7: thought that he would be the best, of course. He always does. He's too, like, little. He got really mad when I said that, actually. I shouldn't say that on TV. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Baylor should go again, high. hold on. Again, uh, like, I would to, do great. <laughs> compared to Barker and yeah. Amber, he is little.
7: Yeah. yeah. Stewie? Stewie, yeah. Stewie, would, Stewie would be Stewie gritty would be, out there. You yeah. wouldn't Stewie
1: want to go get Stewie. I mean, Alvin yeah. Williams is an easy answer. Yeah, so actually, none.
7: we said that, but then we thought, would this he actually play? Game. Like he, he play. you know, he's too good. Like he needs his own league. So he was kind of like, a, like we couldn't really draft him. He's, he's got, got bad nice.
1: knees too. It's also yeah. and trampoline that's that not good for not that sport, sport. No. Yeah. yeah that's your a bad ankles mix.
7: instantly snap as well when you play this that's show. a bad mix Come
2: on. wouldn't want caleb playing that either with his elbow situation going on uh, <laughs> the raiders are in canton ohio to take on the jaguars tonight in the hall of fame game yesterday some of the players took a trip to top golf but they weren't too happy with hunter renfro's work arranging an uber check what? out this video posted by Devonte adams
5: how are you doing today
2: <laughs> Head to your
5: drop at a top of. better, Hunter.
2: Uh, Alish, cut or uncut? The shortest person in the group sitting shotgun.
7: That must be. That must be the way it is. So is that uncut?
1: Oh, the the mean,
7: wording is strange.
1: Okay, so the shortest person is sitting shotgun. That, yes. You, you can't be the. Unless you're moving the chair all the way up.
7: Right, well then you might be able to provide more leg room for the person behind you. Yeah, but
1: you know, if you're the shortest person and you arrange the Uber. Well, I'm you the go shortest on the hump.
7: person and that's why I want that to be the rule. So I can sit in shotgun.
1: You, you know what they? you know how you do that, right? Is you just So it's uncut. It's cut. I think it's uncut. Think we're
7: under, it's cu- you think it's we're not agreeing. If
1: he called shotgun, he called shotgun then. That is like, like those the are the rules. legal rules. But the back seat, you're not, you're only thinking about the selfishness of yourselves here. The backseat people, they can't, like, how do you arrange that? Guy
7: in the middle of the backseat just ultimately has to Gotta call
1: sport. it quicker. Well, the guy who is in the middle is the guy who went in first, because then the other guys go to the two so side. they're our best you, teammate, though. You always let someone go in first if you don't want that hump, because then you can choose which side you go in. They did it for the gram. let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, they probably did. All right, the
2: Houston Astros beat the Red Sox 6-1 yesterday, and there were a couple of extremely strange incidents in the third inning. First. Houston designated hitter Jordan Alvarez got a four strike at bat. Took a curveball that should have been strike three, but stayed in the box, and the ump didn't call him out. This
1: is strike.
2: That's strike three. (laughs) (laughs) Though he ended up grounding on the next pitch. He didn't like the call. He didn't like the call. (laughs) Yeah, he ended up grounding on the next pitch. That's unacceptable. Actually, he hit a homer, though. I know. That uh, was amazing. Two batters later, Kyle Tucker uh, ended up hitting one to deep right field. Alex Verdugo thought he needed to climb the wall to get to it before realizing he misjudged it and hopping down to catch the ball on the warning track. I have Tim, no problem with that. Tim, which miss was worse?
1: I, I don't even think that's a miss. I think he got back there, it looked like it was a big shot. You To scale the wall, you can't just do it. Like he's not kind
7: of showing off, I think. A for F.
1: <laughs> no, I think he and then he adjusted. He made the play, he was there, I'm good with it. The the four strike thing, for everyone to miss it. Like, including the pitcher. How do you as a pitcher not know Remarkable. and say, hey, that's strike three? Yeah. Remarkable. Well, you the know, catcher. The catcher's pit eh, and dugout bad, the dugout?
7: The guy a bad nose, and he's just like, oh yeah.
1: It had to be the way that the umpire, he might have like, some guys don't yell, like you gotta, hey, you gotta do that when you call a strike, no? Everyone was bored. Definitely know that was a strike. (laughs)
2: Uh, All right, one more. Today marks the anniversary of one of the most memorable fights of all time. On August 4th, 1993, the White Sox' Robin Ventura made the mistake of charging the mound against 46-year-old Nolan Ryan, Ryan quickly put Ventura in a headlock.
1: Those are several strikes there.
2: Yeah, basically, (laughs) nice. Basically gave him him, uh, noogies. Uh, Ailish, has anyone ever given you noogies?
7: No, but I will say the worst thing in that type of range is getting a wet willy. Like, if you gave me a wet willy, (laughs) I will have to.
2: That's a good way for for a brawl to go into baseball. A wet willy is the worst. Yeah. That would be a deviation from normal. Everyone's expecting you to just go up there and like shove each other. Why don't you just give someone a wet willy? That yeah, would be oh, awesome.
7: Yeah. Violence would ensue. Yeah. I,
1: I was a big fan of the fish hook in brawls. Yeah. Uh, but oh. the wet willy, you should have done that. It would been way better.
2: <laughs>
7: you and
1: Gabby
2: uh, do the fish hook. That was your go to yeah, move. I've done
1: that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I, know. I appreciate it. Eilish, uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Jesse Rubinoff, as always, thanks for doing this. We're running out of time here. We're going to Blue Jay Central. I'm just saying this Ryan Leslie Eyes thing. Honestly, there might be something here. Stay tuned, We'll have the latest on SportsNet and we'll have the latest tomorrow right here on Tim and Friends. Could it be Kadri going to Calgary? Stay tuned. Caleb Joseph, Jamie Campbell next on SportsNet. Who's Jason.